I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbert III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. Do not adjust your screen. Yes, there are two Herbins in here, but I'm ahead of myself. We have a special guest today, and I would like for him to introduce himself. Please. I am Victor Herbin Jr., and I'm taking it to the house. I am what you would call the fan. And I, I am just here to be among these uh, enthusiasts and to try to add whatever I can to the, to the dialogue. And I do believe the fans' perspective is vitally important. All right, all right. We welcome you, Dr. Herbin, to be soon enough. You say you're a fan. Tell us a little bit more about your fandom. Well, number one, I love sports. I love sports in general, just all sports. And I can sit and watch one sport to the next, golf, football, basketball, baseball, you name it, tennis, I can do it. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to play football, uh, participate track and field, had an opportunity to play a little baseball when I was younger and basketball. And I'm what you would call a glorified fan. I just <laughs> love the sports. I love all of them. And we, uh... This is my brother-in-law, and this is my nephew. Call him my brother, my nephew, but these are my boys. And so we invite you to sit down with us just for a few minutes. We're going to talk sports. But the reason why he's here, he's also an educator. And I think he's going to reach you and teach you a little something today. And we're going to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about sports and history. That's what he's going to bring to the table today. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So we want to shout. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. For those of you, February signifies Black History Month, and we are knee deep in it. All right. Third day in the Black History Month. And Vic, Vic, we are going strong. I mean, Brian Forrest, for those of you who don't know, ex-coach of the Miami Dolphins, going through it right now. We're talking about coaching and uh, diversity in the NFL. He's suing the NFL right now and three teams in the NFL regarding that diversity or racial bias or, or problems that's going on with the NFL. So let's hit it up. Let's talk. Let's talk about what's happening with Brian Flores and maybe 
diversity within the NFL ranks, NBA ranks, sports in general. When you start, when you start thinking about it, so we got Brian Flores, and a couple years ago we had obviously Cap. So now we're looking at Brian Flores as the captain. And he's already taken, he's already said, this is it. I know this may be my last time and the last opportunity to coach. But when we start looking at those famous civil rights activists 60 or 65 years ago, they took a risk every day. Every day they took a risk with their life and their careers. And so Brian Flores said, this is 2022, two years removed from George Floyd. And at that time, we were all pro-black, all Black Lives Matter, all uh, racial equity. And here we are, the NFL still has an issue. NFL even had a, what, a, a, a um, Rooney Rule? Rooney Rule. They had a campaign. They had Roddy Goodell come out and apologize to Kaepernick. But it's not about the apology. It's about the actions you take after the apology. So to see that now Brian Flores is, is sticking to them, I'm very excited to see how uh, legal proceedings uh, go about. But I'm also concerned. I'm concerned because what really will happen? Yeah. What really will happen is going to be swept underneath the rug, and it says, okay, we got our fall guy, and that's why we don't give black coaches opportunity. So uh, we talked about Leslie uh, Frazier, Eric Bieniemy, who's been on the been on the opportunity. Brian Left Leftwich. You're talking about Byron Leftwich, who coached Tom Brady right. a Super Bowl two years ago. We're talking about Eric Bieniemy, right. coached a Super Bowl right. two three years ago. So what are we talking about here? And then we have Leslie Frazier that has taken the Buffalo Bills, who have been a doormat at AFC East for years, and had them on the on the precipice to make it to the Super Bowl, at least the AFC Championship game. So we're going to talk about black coaches and opportunities. You see these new guys getting opportunity to coach that has no coaching experience, don't have half the resume or the successes these uh, black candidates could have had. You've got to answer that question. You got to answer that question. I, I think that I think that in part what is going on. I, I believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is now the quote cliche, all across uh, a broad spectrum of venues, particularly in pro sports and in uh, organizations, diversity, diversity. Where are we just talking about diversity among coaches, diversity among players, diversity among the executive diversity at the highest and diversity in ownership. Right. So when you really look at it, it's as if Brian, Brian Flores and others are fighting an uphill battle. But the difference is today, as a result of the, the Kaepernick uh, uh, dilemma, we find now a more informed and a more engaged player base, the African-American players, which constitute about 74% of all of the NFL players, but only seven point, uh, maybe 3%, I guess. It's about 3% that are actually coaches. And really what that equates to is one coach. <laughs> one coach, one NFL coach is African-American. But this diversity, equity, and inclusion has to be realized at every level. What does diversity look like? It goes beyond just coaching. Right. It it has to go into each echelon, into each phase of the NFL. Agree. 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 I I I had a question for you. So we got Brian Flores now, and 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 this is a worthy cause. And you talked about if it's Kaepernick, is he is he willing to die on the sword? Is he willing to risk his career? How far will it go? I'm interested as well. So 
But let's go back to activism in years past. Do you see uh, today's athlete like the, uh, the, the, the Bill Russells, you know, the Muhammad Ali's, the Jim Browns, you know, that meeting in Miami that they, that they had. Do you see today's athlete making that significant impact as they did in years past? And, and, and maybe the differences today than years past. I think that what you have uh, from years past, you may have had one or two. Because you got to remember, because of discrimination and because of the lack of numbers among African-Americans who were sitting on those benches, it's almost as if they were in this battle all by themselves, but they had some very poignant voices and they were heard. By comparison today, you have, uh, Bill Russell is still around. You, you have uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's extremely active in, in making certain that the, the voice is heard on equality and diversity. All of these things are still here. But I think you have a more informed and you have a bolder uh, athlete today. And they're garnishing so much wealth. And wealth is power. And they have a collective voice. And you see the impact that it's had uh, with the Black athletes being activists. You see uh, end racism on the back of the helmets. You, you, you see uh, the NBA making response with their, with their jerseys and all the language is being talked about Black Lives Matter. Who would have thought? Both the WNBA as well. So when athletes take a political role, coupled with the fact that they have economic power as well as political power, by comparison, they have more in the ranks that are willing and that are able to take a stand on those things they consider to be unjust. Wow, wow. So we, 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 we're talking Black History Month, we're talking Brian, Brian Flores, we're talking about making a stand. Have we gained anything? Are we repeating ourselves? History seems to be just repeating itself. You talk about an uphill battle with, 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 with this fight. Uh, you you've been around a long time, you know, and I see the gray on, on, on your head and on your chin. Are, are are we just entertainers? Are we making a difference? I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I mean, it, it seems like yes, we have Michael Jordan. He's an owner. We have had coaches win the Super Bowl. Black quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. Uh, the LeBrons and the Kareems, you know, win and have this voice. But what have we gained? If I guess it's my question. Where, where are we? Yeah. You know, Martin Luther King, did he, he, we, we just celebrated, we're getting ready to celebrate, and, you know, this whole month on not just him, but others that have had their voice and used their platforms. But where are we as a race? Because he was not just for the black man. And you talk about diversity. He was for everybody, all those who didn't have a voice. So where are we today? We could, we're going to talk sports now, but where are we today? As a race, as a, as, a, as, a, as a nation, as a society? I think we're, we are, as a society, I'll probably go there, I think we're an identity crisis. Who are we? Wow. It's no longer, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm black and I'm proud. It's no longer... You know, that, that, that cliche, who are we as a country? Who are we as a nation? We have an identity crisis. 
We're stuck between some period of 1950s and 2022 and still trying to find out how do we walk down the street? How do we play sports? Who has access? Can women get paid the, the same as men? Can black males get paid the same as white males? I mean, that's where we're at, but we should not be. Again, you have so many people on one side of the aisle saying there's no issue with racism. Everyone's treated fairly and equally. But then you see this. And then what I really hate was to ask your question is to look at Twitter and see the diverse polarizing comments that someone can make on this topic alone about Brian Flores. Oh, you know, it's not a racism. Why is everything racist to you? You know, and then you have the other side saying, well, why would you not say that? And so who are we? We are a point of an identity crisis but also trying to be ignorant and blind to the realities. And, and until we have a level of empathy at all levels, then you can really have that conversation. But people still don't want to have the conversation. Any, anyone, anyone, Vic, who says, uh, well, I don't see race, I don't see color, I don't see, L let me just say this. There's no way you can live in America and not be color conscious. And, and that tells me that they're putting aside or don't want to be labeled either as a racist or, or having racial perspectives, but we all have a perspective on race. Uh, I don't see, I, I don't see black. What I see is a football player. I see an athlete. Mm. Well, you can't very easily see the athlete without seeing the color of the athlete because America historically is color conscious. And as long as we are color conscious, you can say whatever you want, but the bottom line is you cannot look at me and not see me for who I am. You can't look at me and give me a neutrality because my color in terms of my Americanism represents something and it means something. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this conversation. So color is very much a part of the tapestry of America. It always has been. There are two societies. Uh, if you go back and look at uh, Robert Terry, who wrote a book called For Whites Only, he said there were two societies. Hmm. Looking at the 1960s and early 70s, one black, one white. And guess what? Black America didn't create it. Hmm. White America did. So when we look at the NFL, we look at all these, all of these different professional level sports, you see that dynamic played out. You ask, where are we? As far as participants, we are, we are pretty much domineering in all of the professional sports with the exception of golf, uh, with the exception of Major League Baseball, where we comprise only 7.4% of all African-Americans playing in the Major League Baseball. But by contrast, 20% of those are managers. But when you look at the numbers, 20% sounds great. But when you look at the numbers of the number of teams, 20% is not that great. So numbers can be deceptive. But, but when you look at 57.5% of all of the NFL is African-American, but only 3% coaches, which equates, by the way, to one coach, it says a lot about, uh, your question was, where we are. Well, I think what's interesting, you start talking about that, 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 that 3% in the NFL and that one coach, that one coach is Mike Tomlin of what team? The Pittsburgh Steelers 
of who also is the author of the Rumi Rule. So now Mike's record stands for itself, great coach. And what I'd also like about Pittsburgh, they do not fire coaches. I mean, they, they'll ride it through. I mean, he's only third coach in their history. You're talking about uh, Chuck, Chuck Noel, then uh, Cowher, and now Tomlin. Yeah. But again, that goes to the, I love that organization. I love the organization because they're committed. They're committed to the culture, but also committed to a level of standard and, and excellence. And so over Mike Tomlin's career, how many losing seasons have they had? None. Okay. And so when we start looking at that, you know, why the NFL is not taking the time to understand why this is important. But the question that needs to be asked is when does the NFL players that are the 57% do something a little more drastic, a little more radical to the point of Muhammad Ali, the Bill Russell, the Tommy Smith, and say, you know, I'm not playing this weekend. When do they do that? Hit because this, yeah, hit them in the pocket. Nothing speaks in America except for dollars. And so if I'm making millions and billions of dollars, the day that I say I'm not playing today because something needs to change, do it. They had no problem supporting Kaepernick kneeling because of the flag. And we understood it was not because of the flag, because of police brutality. So when when you are one of those 57%, one of the most powerful athletes in the world, and saying, you know what, why come I don't have a coach or someone in management that looks like me that understands me, please give an opportunity. Again, two of the last Super Bowl te winning teams had offensive coordinators who were African-Americans. On, but they still aren't head coaches. And they're not head coaches. And and this is the dynamic. So when we start talking about diversity, that's good stuff. When we start talking about diversity, that's what we mean. We're talking about at all levels, we have to see diversity, not just not just head coaches, but we need to see it at all levels. And when you uh lack ownership, you know, uh Brian Flores made the comment that, you know, it's as if, it's as if these black athletes are on a plantation. You know, you have all white owners, but you have the guys that are doing the heavy lifting and the heavy work. Yep. They're African-Americans. And here's the other thing too, uh, the narrative has to change. There has to be a different narrative. There has to be a different narrative and there has to be a different perception coming from the black athlete. The black athlete has to understand that they have power economic power and 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 see on the plantation the slave was strong enough to overthrow but somewhere in their mind they felt that it was not possible to be that rebellious and to be but they could have been and probably could have changed their plight somewhat but when you feel though that you don't have power and yet you are required to do ABC because again, it goes back to dollars. I'm not gonna lose a $100 million contract because I can't get a black head coach. That's the mentality of some, but it should be the inverse. It should be, listen, I'm not going to play unless I see evidence that the NFL is serious about diversity, serious about equity, serious about inclusion. Because after all, when the play is called, I got to run that play regardless of who my coach is, black, white, or indifferent. So I think the narrative has to change. Yep, agree. The NFL is lagging behind greatly. I am, my, my, my league is the NBA, and it's good to see women on the sideline, women refereeing, okay? I have 
black owners, black managers, you know, we have what, nine to 10 uh, NBA coaches. And so they're better as far as landscape than the NFL. Um, the NFL needs to do some things, uh, make some changes. And you talk about the narrative, you talk about maybe making uh, economic changes to, to, to make a significant uh, uh, want to from ownership or those who are, are, are uh, controlling the capital, if you will, for the NFL. But the, but the Major League Baseball seems to have it well under control as far as diversity as well. I didn't know what. Well, that's how you did a study. Yeah, I, I did. I did do a study, and that study was simply the diminishing African American in Major League Baseball during the fifties and sixties, uh, the early and mid sixties when I was coming up. Uh, we had a number of, of outstanding yes. Uh, yes. black. I'm talking about Hall of Famer type yes. uh, baseball players, but really today you find that only 7.4% of Major League Baseball is African-American players. The, the, the majority of the players are coming from the Dominican Republic yeah. and Latin America. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's put that into perspective. However, now with Major League Baseball, if you would take a deeper dive into Major League Baseball, you would learn that in the executive positions, in uh, all of these these high, highlighted positions, you will see diversity there. Uh, you see some diversity among the managers, not not as much as it should be, but really you see less diversity in the players. You seven point four percent of Major League Baseball, and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. You know, Major League Baseball to play baseball. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. And what you have, though, the Major League Baseball now is putting forth concerted efforts to bring uh, baseball and its exposure to the inner cities. You know, you can find a basketball goal. You can kind of hang a goal on the side of a pole and get a basketball and play. Uh, football, all it requires is a field. Right. Then necessarily grass doesn't have to be cut. You know, right. you can play on dirt if necessary, but a baseball grass yeah, can be in the street. Playing yes, play in the street. Yeah. So but baseball, you have to have a manicured field, you have to have the equipment, and it's expensive. And in inner city or those that are uh disadvantaged just can't afford the sport. Can't afford the sport. So therefore we see a decline in America in 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 our participation in Major League Baseball. That's Again, it's back to the economic. It's it's, it's yes. another economics, uh, uh, you know, economic summation of that. That's what it is. So our fans uh, taking it to the house. I knew this guy. I've been knowing this guy for old, over forty years, and what he's bringing to you today. I hope he's reaching your mind today, teaching your mind. And we're going to have him back for the next three, four weeks, being Black History Month and and, and beyond, if it's okay with him, just to be able to talk about these things as well as talk about your fandom as well. But we're going to pivot. We're going to pivot. This past weekend, we had some outstanding, matter of fact, the last two weekends in the NFL, the NFL playoffs, if you've been tuned in, each of these games coming down to the last possession, I can't recall this much fun as a fan. In the, I don't have a dog in the race, a horse in the race. I know. I'm just a fan watching the game. 
Guys, give me your takes. This past weekend, we had the Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs. We had the 49ers against the Rams. So hella base, uh, excuse me, I'm so caught up. <laughs> excuse me. We had some hella NFL games, guys. Break it down. Let's talk to the, let's talk to the fans and, and taking it to the house. i tell you what. Joe Burrow, real deal. <laughs> That's a grown man right there. <laughs> Look, y'all already know my son is a freshman at LSU. So I already got a special tie to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Them dudes, talk about electric, talk about exciting, <laughs> yes. talk about, well, you know, maybe the moment was too big for them. You know, they're playing Patrick Mahomes, first quarter, they get smoked and say, you know, wow, what happened to Joe? Yeah, if you turn off your TV, you're wrong. <laughs> because if you didn't watch how the second quarter ended and then how that game ended, you would have said, Patrick, who? <laughs> you peppermint patty, Patrick, because that dude got worked. <laughs> Joe Cool, Joe Burrow busted some heads open and said, I am in this league. Do y'all realize this is his second year? And not in his full second year. He got hurt last year. Yep. His rookie year, he gets injured. ACL. With an ACL, he comes back this year and leads the Bengals to a Super Bowl. They haven't been in the Super Bowl since the 80s with Icky Woods. So you're talking about an exciting game that I kind of went in that game and said, okay, hey, this is a walk. We already picked it. We said KC. So, so if you're going against, okay, it should be entertaining, but we know Patrick Mahomes is going to do Patrick Mahomes' thing, and they got shut down. Very exciting game. I enjoyed the game. I, you know Hey, Joe Burrow is that dude. And as an AFC North aficionado, I'm scared. Because now the (laughs) clock is on Lamar Jackson. Ben Roethlisberger just retired. So as well as great of a coach as Mike Tomlin, they're not going to be that strong of a team for the next two or three years if they find their quarterback. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, done. They're they're, they're the Browns. But Joe Burrow? And now to be able to reach the Super Bowl in the second year, and Lamar Jackson still not able to make it past the second round, and he's been in the league four years, the pressure's now ticking. Pressure's now ticking. But back to this season, great job by the Bengals. That was an outstanding game. What you may have there? just seen the second coming of Tom Brady. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I would tell you that uh, looking at the history of oh, Joe Burrow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you hear what just came out of your mouth? Right. The go. And I stand on it. I okay. stand on it. And I'll tell you why I stand on it. Because if you would go back and look at the history of Joe Burrow from high school, he was winning like he's winning now, like he won in college. Okay. I just happened to have met a left tackle who blocked for Joe Burrow in high school. Wow. And he said that, watch this guy. This was last year. He said, watch this guy. He said, this guy is a bona fide winner. He wills you to play winning football. And to me, he was on the mountaintop this past weekend. And you're talking about a fan. I was on cloud 999. It gets no better than that for a fan. And, And I have no horse in the race. I'm just a fan who loves professional sports. Who'd you pick? Who'd you have going before the game started? Of course, I had Kansas City like okay. everybody else. Say Kansas City. Yeah. I, I had Kansas City as well. And it was a, a game of two halves. Kansas City came out, what was it, 21-3? Yeah. Just before half, had a chance to kick a field goal. Those three points would have been significant. 
go for a, a touchdown, which they failed to make. And then the second half, Cincinnati Bengals made all the adjustments. And I'm thinking Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, the, the 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 head offensive structure for Kansas City failed to adjust and and failed to score. When the Bengals go to a three-man rush, what you going to do? A three-man rush on every pass. What are you supposed to do? Run the ball. But Kansas City being bullheaded was trying to pass. Hell, they got eight men in coverage. There's not going to be any open lanes. And Patrick Mahomes failed to adjust. Call an audible. Hit your check down. Stop running around, scrambling, losing yards, losing potential, losing uh, field position. The game of two halves, and the Bengals won the game. When we go to overtime, flip the coin. We've been talking about the coin flip. We're talking about the overtime rules. And, and, and usually the person who wins the coin flip wins the game, not this game. To your point about Joe Burrow, yeah, Kansas City wins the coin flip, and they have to punt. Interception. I'm sorry. Thank you. Good Interception. call. Interception. Oh, Eight-man drop. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is running around trying to create. Did not adjust in the second half. Did not adjust in the overtime. Lost because Joe Burrow, I believe there were a couple opportunities where he ran for the first down to get his team in position, okay, to kick a field goal. The better team won. I lost my prediction, but I'm happy to see, okay, the next coming, and you heard it here first, the next coming of Tom Brady. I'm not going to give him that yet, but I will give him this. Second-year quarterback, clearly cool under pressure, can lead men, give men hope. We're talking about a team, an organization that was last from worst to potentially first in one year. I got to give him his credit. I got to give him his credit. Yeah, because if you really look at it, what's the variable? From last year or years before, it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, you have a you have a winning quarterback. You have a guy who has a winning mentality. Quarterbacks that have a winning mentality play the game to win, not necessarily put themselves in a position not to lose. You have to play to win, and that is a fan's dream when a quarterback. Lays it all out on the line. Can't help, man, but 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 admire an athlete who lays it all on the line. Yes, yes. All right, all right. Now let's go to the other game. We got the 49ers. We got the Rams. Okay, this is in SoFi. This is a really a home game uh, uh, for the Rams. And who'd you have in that game? I had the who'd Rams. you have? I had the Rams. Oh, you picked the Rams this time. Okay, same here. I had I had picked the 49ers. Okay, and I wanted the 49ers to win. I, I have a a distant love affair with as a fan with the 49ers. Uh, I'm a I'm a Joe Montana guy, I'm a Roger Craig guy, uh, I'm a Freddie Solomon guy, I'm a I'm a T.O. guy. I'm 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 that guy who loves those guys. I'm a Dwight Clark guy. So uh, to see San Francisco uh, make it that far, I was actually surprised that the team went as far as. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also knew that the variable, the difference between winning and losing, we just talked about uh, Joe Burrow, but there's a contrast between Joe Burrow and 
Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Jimmy G had a chance to move himself off that snide. But if Jimmy G plays up to his capability, Jimmy G leaves the Rams at home watching the Super Bowl as opposed to participating in the Super Bowl. So Jimmy G, thank you, you, you listen, Rams fan, thank Jimmy G for being your 13th player on that team. Because he certainly made a difference in winning and losing, particularly when the game comes down to three points. Quarterback, got to show up. I just said, there's a difference between a winning mentality and then playing not to lose. Yeah. Jimmy G was out there. I don't know what he was doing. He met, he should have probably had basketball in his hand. Should have been dribbling down the <laughs> dribbling down the football field. I think he had his sports mixed up. But he certainly was confused going down the stretch, made some bad or some errant plays. And I think that his – Was it Jimmy G or was it the Rams defense? Now, we're talking about Von Miller. We're talking about Aaron, Aaron Donaldson. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, and I can't. And I can't. I can't knock their defense. Their defense came to play. But when you have the ball, the quarterback has to protect the ball, and the quarterback has to make finite decisions. They have to be the best decisions. There is no room for error. You have four downs to get it done. And guess what? When it came down to the play, I said, "Now." Will the real Jimmy set, G set it up? Set it up. Set it will up. The real Jimmy G, please stand up. <laughs> and it's just like us playing to tell the truth. You stand up. You act like you gonna stand up. <laughs> he is exactly who I thought he was. <laughs> well, I, I picked I picked the Rams. Uh, I had no faith in in the 49ers, and I I, I have respect. For the 49ers like you, the Ronnie Lots, and back in the day, the, the catch, uh, and uh, uh, Jerry Rice. You know, we can go back, but uh, the quarterback makes the difference. You're talking about the quarterback. Coaching was pretty even, on par with one another when we talk about uh, Kyle Shanahan and then we didn't have McVay. But the quarterback made the difference where Matthew Stafford for the Rams conversely seemingly did and made all the right plays and they had a lot of weapons on, on, on offense. Uh, Jimmy G just don't let it be you that caused the loss. You know, you have Debo, man, I'm, I don't care what the offensive coordinator calls or Kyle Shanahan calls Debo, where you at, you get it again and you get it again and you get it again. Oh, I got Kittle. You're going to get it. Devo, kiddo. Devo, kiddo. I'm not going to be the problem. Well, you were the problem. You were the problem. And you got to know, man, we got two Hall of Famers coming. They're coming. All right. Y'all did a pretty good job. The, uh, uh, the 49 offensive line did a pretty good job in keeping Jimmy clean until it counted. And the Rams defense showed up when, it, when they were supposed to. Well, you know what I think, though? I think that anybody that's named Debo, ought to be in the mix on every single down. Yes. You know, Debo, you don't have a Debo unless he debets. I tell you what Debo debets can't do. He can take a hit. 
Did you see him get popcorn across that middle? And then he's like, he sick it off, went back, and went back out there. Yeah. That's that kind of mentality that dude has. And that's why I like the 49ers. And they're going to be something to deal with in the NFC West. When they get that quarterback they really need. And you got someone like you said, Kittle and Debo? Yes. Good gracious. But it, it, and, and you can't say these guys don't care. Yes. Because if you watch the emotion of a grown man named Debo, a.k.a. D-Best, with tears in his eyes saying, I may never, ever get another chance to get to this position in my career again. Yeah. And, and you saw the professionalism of Jalen Ramsey hugging on him saying it's okay. Yeah. You know, that was this powerful image of showing this is a kid's sport and grown men still play, but I don't care if I'm a millionaire or a multimillionaire, what have you, it hurts to lose. And I love seeing that. I love to see the emotion in, in it too. But let me let me let me throw this out. Okay. Talk about a quarterback. Let's look at Green Bay's quarterback situation. What 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 about Aaron Rodgers ending up in San Francisco? Going back home, huh? Going back to Cali. Going back to Cali. That would be interesting. Uh, that, ooh, but that's a see. That's all they need is a quarterback. That's all they need. That's the missing piece. And, and Aaron is not happy. He's not. That's He's two not in a row. The question is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you going to call your shot? We we're here and we're bold on taking it to the house. So Aaron Rodgers will go to the 49ers. You heard they, it here they, first. They will make a deal for him. But this is my piece about that. We talked about that. He has the green light to the, to the playoffs being in the NFC North. Does that make sense to come to the NFC West where now you're going to be dealing with Sean Bay twice a year? You're going to be dealing with the Seattle Seahawks revamp and Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler Murray. I mean, does he want that level of competition? He's never played against that level of competition. I believe, I believe the rookie on taking it to the house is playing fantasy right now. I believe the rookie on taking it to the house is playing Madden right now. Okay, he's changing positions. He's doing. He's making trades that are not authorized. But he's calling the shot. I love it. <laughs> Nobody else has mentioned 49ers and Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else nationally. And I listen to a lot of sports. They have. They have him linked to Denver, potentially going to Pittsburgh. Some ready-made. Even. Even. Even going to the, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, but I have not heard that. And so. If this does happen, I give you a lot of credit. Maybe it's under your Christmas tree. It's on your Christmas list. It's what you want to do. But imagine that, though. Imagine. And and you talk about level of competition. If there's a guy who loves competition, it's Aaron Rodgers. And I think right now he, he's probably bored stiff being up in the north. Uh, I think a change wow. of venue, taking it back home. Wow. San Francisco. That Ooh. would be an awesome team. All they need but, to do, all they need to do is to get it. See, I'm excited I'm going show you that. So, so when, I, when I hear you say that, I'm also looking at the reunion because Matthew Stafford said, I'm not the Detroit Lions no more, Potten. Yeah, man. I ain't the Detroit Lions no more. <laughs> I've got something for you here. Yeah. So that would be great NFC West battle for the last couple of years of Aaron Rodgers' career. And we already know how many uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their career with the, with the team they started. Very few. So, I mean, if we're playing fantasy and that's what's in the works, I could see Kyle Shanahan have a field day, have an Aaron Rodgers oh, man. in his lineup, in his huddle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And can you imagine what it does for the morale of the team? Oh, yeah. 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 We have a quarterback that knows how to win football. Let's remember, he's not a free agent, and there would have to be trades. 
or picks given up for Aaron Rodgers if that does happen. I want to hear from you, uh, Ram fan, or excuse me, 49er fan, 49er fan. Hit us up on Facebook, on uh, taking it to the house on Twitter. I want to know what you think about Aaron Rodgers going to the 49ers. That would be huge. It would be. But we can't spend time talking about the team that lost. We got to talk about the team that won. All right. How big are those nads? You gonna <laughs> to know that the, the the general manager and team said, "I'm gonna we're gonna be in the Super Bowl in our home stadium, and what we're gonna do? We're gonna get this quarterback out of Detroit. Thirteen years in, come over here, and did you make your money's worth? I mean, that was an excellent, excellent all in. Von Miller, I want him too." And saying, I want this, and it's going to pay off. Odell. And Odell. I mean, talking about resurrected career. Three guys. You're talking about Von Miller, Odell Beckham, and Matt Stafford last year on teams that were losing. And in one year, you have the general manager say, I want this guy, I want this guy, I want this guy, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Talk about the turn of events, but also just having the match to say, I want to win, I want to win now. This is LA, the city of champions, and we deal with big splashes and big stars, and they did. So it'll be a great story to watch uh, the next couple of weeks because Sean McVay got robbed last time he went to Super Bowl. He got embarrassed. He realized. No, he got pumped. Yeah. They call it real. Yeah. Now, Bill Belichick yeah. said, no, yeah. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 we got to talk the Super Bowl now. Hey, I, I talked about how great it is for Joe Burrow. But I'm going Sean McVay. He's, he's coming back. They're on a uh, collision course for success, and they're going to win this championship. Man. I got to go with Joe Burrow. I believe Joe Burrow is going to shock the NFL and going to shock the sports world. I will be shocked if that happens. I, it's hard to go against the Bengals, because they have shut up a lot of people, including myself, because I haven't picked them at all, except for one time. Uh, but I'm going to go home team, home stadium, okay? Uh, Matthew Stafford, unproven until this year. McVay, I believe, is hungry, so he's in the lab right now as we speak. Uh, Von Miller, you said he was on he was on the, 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 the scrap heap, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And Aaron Donaldson, so he's Rams, Rams, and Rams. So the city of LA, we got some parades we haven't gotten 2020 for the Lakers would it? We certainly want to have one with the with the the Dodgers. I don't believe the Dodgers had one when they won it the same year. So the Rams, let's get it right in the city of LA. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. That'd be great. I mean, talking about so our baseball team, our football team. And then the basketball team would have won the championship within the last three years. That'd be great. Yes. So it'd be great. Let's go, LA. Let's do this. I think Joe Burrow's gonna spoil the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're already at the end. I hope you were thoroughly entertained. If you know anything about gladiators, are you not entertained? So Russell Crowe coming out. Um, we'll be back next week. Same time, same channel. Uh, we want to know what you're thinking. Uh, let us know what you think about our newcomer here. And so it's good to have you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I've certainly enjoyed it. This this has been a fan's dream to be on Taking It to the House. Yeah, right. All my right. pleasure.
thank you all for the invite. So my last comment, and we'll go around, is just please um, take the Omicron and the COVID very serious. Vaccinated or not, please mask up. Keep your social distance. And, and, and we want to be able to celebrate, go to our Super Bowls, go to our basketball events, our sporting events, and not worry about does he have it or does she have it. So please, uh, hand sanitize and, and stay safe, okay? Love you all. See you next year on Taking It to, Next Week on Taking It to the House. So, hey, it's been great. Who would have known we would have had 45 minutes of content for you all today? Again, thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate the fan support. Check in with us on Facebook, on our Twitter page. Hit us on our all our multiple platforms. Take this next week to be warm. All right, I'm here in Texas, and I thought I got away from the East Coast COVID. That's not the case. So I'll tell you all, wherever you're at, be safe, uh, stay bundled up, and take care of your family. Again, love you all. Take them to the house is out. <laughs>